From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show, where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call at 858-876-5663. That's 858-876-5663. In today's show, we talk about going long as you view your marriage as a marathon, not a sprint. And entrepreneur Bill Rancic had this fabulous quote about marathoning. He said, what I think a lot of great marathon runners do is envision crossing that finish line. Visualization is critical. But for me, I set a lot of little goals along the way to get my mind off that overwhelming 26.2 miles. I know I've got to get to 5 and 12 and 16. And then I, can, and then I celebrate those little victories along the way. Mm-hmm. And that so much ties in with what we're going to be talking about on today's One Extraordinary Marriage show. But as we start off every show, right after I get past the quote, I love to I love to feel the hugs that you guys send our way. And this week's hug is brought to you by Strip Down. Get your communication. Ah, Strip Down, 13 Keys to Unlocking Intimacy in Your Marriage. I've been thinking about all of our different titles lately. And Strip Down is going to show you how to create a solid marital foundation by placing God at the center of your relationship, both in and out of the bedroom, how to establish family boundaries, how to dramatically improve the tone of your marriage by taking the time to communicate with one another, how to get on the same page financially so money struggles do not divide your relationship. You'll have to learn how to figure out what recreation you like to do together and do it, and then how to clear the clutter out of making your bedroom a, and to make your bedroom a romantic sanctuary where intimacy can flourish. It's about all that and a whole lot more. And if you want to learn more about Strip Down, just go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash strip down. You're going to get all the details on today's show sponsor. So this hug came to us via email from Tennessee. And this one says, Tony and Lisa. Tennessee representing. Tennessee. Wasn't there a song? Yeah. Tennessee. Um, Anyway, we're not going to sing for you guys. Tony did that last week. Once in a month is good for all of us. (laughs) Uh, this writer says, I got married in March 2014 and stumbled across your podcast shortly after. That means they just celebrated one year. Congratulations. One year. Happy guys. anniversary. Initially, I selected podcasts based on the titles that caught my attention. However, after realizing what a valuable resource I had discovered, I decided to start at episode one. I'm happy to say that as of this week, I am officially caught up. After 257 episodes, you guys Woo-hoo. honestly feel like friends. It's so refreshing to hear a couple who gives sound advice while not claiming to have the perfect marriage. Mm. That is so true. Mm-hmm. If I've learned anything over the past year, it is that marriage is a work in progress. Yeah, I just realized that she spent the last year learning about our marriage while she's been going through the first year of her marriage. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? Uh, she says, I so appreciate your transparency and openness and the constant support that you give to one another and the one community. You've truly been a blessing to me and my new marriage. Keep doing what you do. Love you guys. Mm, I love it. Love you too. Love you too. So Tony opened the show talking about going long and the difference between marriage being a marathon and a, versus a sprint. And I just want to put this disclaimer out there for all of you that are runners. And we know quite a few of you take us running with you. I am not a runner. I would not classify myself as a runner. I've done a few 5Ks. I like the 5K distance. Not a marathoner. 
Um, I'm sure I could be if I wanted to put the time into it. Tony, on the other hand, has done an ultra marathon. Um, kudos. Just one. Just one. It was it was a tough one, but I just I did just one. He did it. Uh, but we're not the couple that's going to go out running together. So I just want to preface all of the, the running analogies and things like that come from what we've seen, not what we've actually kind of experienced in the ult- in the marathon world. Right. Well, when I... But you're, up, you're a long distance athlete. Yeah. And I mean, is. I also hiked the Pacific Crest Trail, so I've we, We've got a few personal references there. I've done... Yes. I have done 20 miles hiking in a day. Yes. So it's not has. like I'm... And I've done that multiple times. So mm-hmm. I, I get distance. But... You know, what we're talking about is the fact that, you know, lately we've been having a lot of conversations with people who seem to be looking at their marriage more as a series of sprints instead of as a marathon. And when I say a series of sprints, it's, you know, they, there's always this, if, if we can only make it through. So if we can just make it through planning our wedding, like things are going to be great. Or if we can just make it to the point where we can buy a house or get that promotion Or if we can just get through the baby phase, the toddler phase, the teenage years, you know, there's always something that they're looking forward to. So they're running a sprint in the season that they're in right now, but not necessarily looking at it as part of a larger, a larger distance. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, it's very much like Bill Rancic said in that quote that I read, you know, envisioning that goal, visualizing, crossing the finish line. and, And yet, what he talked about was that he, you know, he's looking at, you know, five miles, 12 miles, 16 miles and celebrating the goals along the way. And, you know, so often I think we forget to do those things. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I posted today up on Instagram and if you don't follow us on Instagram, just hop on over there, do at one extraordinary marriage, you're going to find us. There's all kinds of daily inspiration on there. But I posted the quote on Instagram today that marriage is a marathon, not a sprint and don't quit the first time it gets hard, right? Because so often I think we're being conditioned in our society that the first time marriage or anything gets hard, well, you know what? That race is over. I'm done. Like, let me throw in the towel and just you throw my hands up and say, whew, huh, I'm glad I tried that. It's over. Except for the fact that if you're anything like us, on your wedding day, you, you stood up in front of, you know, family, friends, or maybe, you know, if you were in Vegas, Elvis, and somewhere in your vows was something along the lines of as long as life shall last or forever after or until death do us part. I don't know about you, but for me and Tony, that's a really long time. Because I will tell you, we've had seasons in our marriage where it's like, ooh, this one doesn't feel so good. Mm -hmm. Doesn't feel so good. But when you look at your marriage as a marathon, it changes your perspective. And I think one way, and we talked about this sometime back, was called taking divorce off the table. Mm-hmm. By really being in a place where you go, hey, you know what? Divorce is off the table. We're not bringing this up. We're not going to throw that word around so nonchalantly. So our spouse will react or hopefully it'll just spark something even in us. So once that is taken off the table, you're then able to move forward and go, okay, yes, this is a marathon. This is a long distance race we are going for. And instead of always looking for that, hey, quick fix, we're going to fix this thing real right now and then everything's going to be fine. We're really looking at those mile markers, those points out ahead of us. Okay, you know, we're going to go through this together. We just recently completed a he zig, she zags group workshop here at our home. 
And we're going to be doing that again. So those of you in the San Diego area, when we do discuss it or we, we share it, we'd love to have you here. And what we do is we, we take a group and for four weeks, we share he's zigs, she zags. We pull it all apart and we talk about it and we get real with each other in the group. Well, what we learned in that group is that it is the long haul. And by going through that together and working each week together, that is showing that you're in the race. And yes, there's going to be bumps along the road. Mm-hmm. The greatest thing that we heard though is because it is only four weeks long from the couples they each said, not one of them missed, right. which was awesome. And the reason being is that they said, you know what? We had to be here every week so that way we could get the information we needed so we could go the long haul as we work on our communication, as we build it back up, as we find new strategies that we can do. And for those of you who are not in San Diego, by all means, you can go to hezigshezags.com and you can get the self-study. And I think we're actually going to be looking to do that as an online <clears throat> four-week workshop as well. Mm-hmm. We've just got to get some dates on the calendar for that because we've got we've got a number of workshops coming up, but we'll be promoting those coming up here in the next few weeks and letting you guys know about that. But let's go back to these marathoners, right? Because sprinters, you know, they're just dealing with short bursts of energy, short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, a couple, you know, seconds, literally for some sprinters, you know, 10 seconds, nine seconds, I mean, crazy distances. But marathoners, on the other hand, they're staring at 26.2 miles, or for your half marathon, 13.1, still a sizable difference. And so what do they have to look at? Marathoners have to pace themselves, right? They don't just come straight out of the, the gates and, you know, cross that starting line and are going, you know, their fastest pace ever. They don't do that, right? Marathoners also know that nutrition matters, right? This instrument that they've got, this body of theirs, has to function, for the most part, over 26.2 miles. They've got to pace their hydration. They've got to know what to eat before and during the race. Mm -hmm. They've got to know how to fuel their body. They, They know that supporters are key, right? There is a reason when you attend a marathon or if you watch it on TV that there are people cheering for 26.2 miles. Why? Because sometimes it gets really, really hard to go the next step. And yet when you hear somebody cheering you on, when you hear somebody saying, come on, you can do it. When you see those signs on the side of the road, those supporters, it gives you the strength to carry on. Marathoners know that planning makes all the difference, right? That's a reason why team and training and, and, and marathon and training and all of these different marathon training programs exist. Because you can't literally get up off the couch on a Saturday to go run your first marathon that you have not trained for on Sunday morning. Not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You know, a sprinter, I mean, you know, if I'm being chased by, you know, a dog or something, I can sprint, you know, 100 feet or, you know, quarter of a mile or whatever. I could sprint that, literally getting up off my couch, being chased by a dog. It could happen. A marathon, not going to happen. You know, and so all these little things, like I started thinking about this because that the picture that I put up on Instagram today has been, it's just something I've been thinking about for a while. And I just kept pushing it off, pushing it off. I'm like, no, you know what? Today's the day. And I started thinking about, okay, so all of those things that marathoners have to do, how does that relate to marriage? Right? So let's pull that apart because all of those different facets are all the different facets that Tony and I talk about when we talk about the five different intimacies that matter in a marriage, right? All of these different things that matter as you invest and grow your relationship. 
You know, so when you look at those supporters, that cheering section, right? Those, that's your emotional intimacy. That's you cheering for one another. That's you saying, you know what? I need to know what's going on with you. You look like you're struggling or you look like you've had an amazing day. What's going on? And it's being able to take off that mask and be real when things are bad, right? I was talking to a husband today and they're having some challenges in their marriage. And I I asked him if he'd shared it with his wife. And he's like, no, he goes, you know, we're just kind of in a stuck place right now. And I said, what's the worst thing that can happen if you let her know what you're thinking? He's like, well, it, it could get a little uncomfortable. And I said, yeah, well, it's already uncomfortable. So that's really probably not the worst thing anymore. Because mm-hmm. it is, but you know, creating that emotional intimacy, having that network of not just the two of you, but also your surrounding network. You need to be surrounded just like those marathoners are with people who are supportive of marriage, not people who are whispering in your ear, you know, your husband's a jerk or your wife is really like the meanest person I've ever met or, you know, the little yapping dogs. That's not, that's not building your emotional intimacy in your marriage. That's not building your and strengthening your relationship. It's detracting. Mm-hmm. you don't need that kind of junk in your relationship. Yeah. And, you know, each day, Elise and I try to take some time out of our day to, to connect here. And I'll tell you, you know, th- there's been some stuff just floating around in my mind over since like Friday afternoon and all weekend long. And, and today we finally had that time to just spend and, and talk through it. Is it all taken care of and all better? No, it, it's, there's still going to be many conversations that are going to be had, but that is our emotional intimacy, working through this time in our lives together. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, spending that time. And, and sometimes for us, I'll tell you guys, it's easy for us just to get on the phone and just talk. You know, it, it sometimes is just easier than us having to be eye to eye or shoulder to shoulder and talking and walking, you know. So that helps us. And, and I want you to know that if that's the only time you have because you know you're working a 10 hour day and you have an hour lunch and a couple of breaks and and you can make that happen and you're going to be spent when you get home so the conversation really isn't going to happen then then make the time on the phone mm-hmm. it's worth it and again like i said for us this situation isn't resolved it's far from resolved and yet we've been able to start taking off some masks with each other and me specifically that we're going to be able to walk down the road and be yoked together when the decision is made. And for those of you that are brand new listeners and haven't heard us talk about, you know, taking off the masks and scheduling time to talk to one another, you might want to check out the program He Zigs, She Zags at HeZigsSheZags.com. This is a communication program that Tony and I wrote and it digs deep into all this emotional intimacy and communication a lot more than we can talk about in a 30-minute mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah. Um, but, you know, another intimacy that you need to focus on is your physical intimacy. You know, runners hone their instrument, right? Their body is what's going to carry them literally from the start line through those 26.2 miles to the finish line. They know it needs to work well. Just like the physical intimacy needs to be a vital component of your marriage, Every week, every week, guys, almost every day, we get an email, a voicemail, a Facebook message, something from folks that are saying that there is no physical intimacy in their marriage. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just talking about the sex because that's not happening either, but I'm talking about just the hand holding or the real kisses, not the peck on the cheek, 
but like the real I'm standing in front of you and this is lasting longer than 1.2 seconds type of kiss or the cuddling on the couch or the spooning in bed. And each one of those, not you don't have to be the most amazing French kissers. That, that may just, I'm not. I don't enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, I mean Elisa says the, 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 the lasting kiss and, and really that's not her deal. So hers is more the cuddling, the sleeping naked. So these are examples. You got to find what's best for you. Is, is it hold hand, holding hands? I mean, that's important, especially after kids come in the, come into the, mm-hmm. to the picture because too often it's husband on one end, however many kids and then wife at the other end. Right. And you never have that connection when you're holding hands anymore. I mean, Elisa and I make it a point when we do go out that, you know, if we're walking the beach, we're going to take some time. We're going to just hold hands. We're going to have our arms around each other. Is it hugging for you? Whatever it may be, you don't have to master all of these. Find the one or two that really matters to you. Is it cuddling on the couch? I mean, Mm -hmm. you guys have emailed us before and I love them. I mean, you guys will get graphic. I love it too, you know. But you're you're cuddling on the couch and you're like, hey, you know, and then we just strip down underneath the blanket and and this is our time to be physically intimate. And with the winks always is it may lead to more. Right. Or it may not. And yet this is a time that we get to just be physically touching each other. And again, you know, just like you schedule your communication, and that's something that Tony and I are, are huge proponents of is making time to talk regularly. You need to schedule your physical intimacy. And and for all of you that just rolled your eyes at me and said, Elisa, I prefer it to be spontaneous. This whole scheduling thing doesn't work for me. I'm going to say, try it. Okay. Because it's not happening as much as all of you spontaneous fans would like it to happen. And for those of you that would like it to be spontaneous, your spouse is probably on listening to this podcast or knowing about this podcast and saying, I just wish it was happening a little more often. Intimacy lifestyle. I'm telling you folks, it is key to your marriage, especially running this marathon in the physical department. Episode 140, Scheduling Sex. Mm-hmm. Go grab that one if you haven't listened to it yet. That is key. Implementing the intimacy lifestyle will do wonders for this area. So you know, moving on, because we are going to hit on all five intimacies. And before Tony starts flashing to me with time and things like that, he just grinned at me. So your spiritual intimacy, right? You can't just be feeding your body and your emotional side without feeding your soul, mm-hmm. right? And so for those of you, I mean, does, are, are you spending time reading your Bible? Are you spending time praying for your spouse? Are you spending time praying with your spouse, right? You, you know, <laughs> And, and I'm just talking, when you when I say praying for your spouse, I'm not talking about the prayers where you say, dear God, please change him or her. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm. More along the lines of, dear God, I know something is going on with my spouse. They've got a tough day at work. They've got a big meeting. They've got you know this program coming up or this deadline or whatever. Please give them the strength. Please give them the courage. Please, whatever they need, you're asking for it for them. You're not asking God to change them. Totally right. different prayer. But you know, feeding that spiritual side of you Doing your faith together, mm-hmm. it matters because I will tell you when your faith is the cornerstone of your marriage, when it becomes that central point so that the two of you aren't solely relying on each other, but relying on God, it changes how the two of you do life together because you're not expecting the person that you sit across the table from or the person that you share a bed with to be your everything. 
Mm-hmm. You recognize the fact that they, Tony cannot be everything that I need him to be. It, it, he's, he's human. It's not possible. But I know that that's okay because God can. And, and God does more for me than Tony ever could. And I'm okay with that. And Tony's okay with that. Right? But when you start bringing the spiritual aspect into your marriage, when you start shoring up your, your spiritual intimacy, the emotional and physical relationship deepens because you're rounding out that whole picture. You're not just one dimensional in your marriage. Mm-hmm. And, and I think this area can be difficult for, for many of us and be willing to open up to your spouse and say, you're struggling in this area. If you are, it's okay. We don't have it all down. I'm struggling in this area right now. I had a great conversation with a good buddy of mine just really talking through some stuff, Um, you know, and that gets brought into, you know, our, our time, my time with Elisa and discussing it. So, you know, be vulnerable in this area. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together. What you do have to be able to do is be vulnerable and open and say, I'm missing the boat here. Like I'm not, I'm not connecting with you spiritually. And, if not, why is that? You know, is right now just sitting in a, a marriage devotional not doing it for you? You know, is there a time that maybe you guys want to just, you guys can figure out a time just to sit down and just pray together? Is that what, you, what you're looking for so you guys can grow together? In each of these, I, I will say, um, especially in the spiritual one, it, it almost works best when you both have some time together and then you have your time apart have a men's group a women's group uh bible study whatever it may be and yet you still have that time together so for me typically uh you know what i have the bible app and i'll just i'll just read the the bible verse of the day you know that's sort of where i'm at uh right now truthfully and honestly alisa will wake up in the morning she'll spend some time in the word writing in her journal you know and then we'll spend some time praying. You know, we'll go to church together. We'll do those things. So, that's that's what I would suggest here for those of you who might just feel like, man, we're just we're just not connecting in that area. So the fourth intimacy that we want to cover is financial intimacy, because and a lot of people they kind of like, oh, financial. Like we got to talk money. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, you do got to talk money in your marriage. And the reason why is because if you're not talking about money, I can guarantee you it's impacting your life a lot more than Mm -hmm. if you started talking about it. Because, you know, there are spenders and there are savers. There are, you know, people that operate with no type of cash plan and people that have, you know, every month outlined and, and dedicated down to the penny. And here's the thing. You're a couple. You're playing on the same team right? In theory, that's what's going on. Like you're running this marathon called marriage together. Well, if you're not talking about how you're funding this thing called marriage, if you're not devising a plan, very, again, I'm going back to what Bill Rancic said about having those short-term goals, right? Five, six, 12, 16 miles, whatever he was talking about. You know, the same thing needs to happen with your finances because they're an integral part of your marriage, whether you want to admit it or not. Okay, how we spend money impacts how we relate to one another. Mm-hmm. A- and we see, this, we see this in our own marriage. We see it in our relationship with our children. 
you know, it, it, it impacts relationships. So you guys have got to, you know, I'm not saying you're going to be down to the same page because if you're a saver and, and your spouse is a spender, there's always going to be a little difference there. But having a plan that you both are committed to sticking to makes a difference. That marathoner does not get from A to B with no plan. Same thing that you don't get from, you know, the planning your wedding to your retirement with no plan. I mean, you can, you can get there. It's going to be very different than if you had a plan. Mm-hmm. So instead of having, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, I think, you know, instead of just reacting to your finances and just being like, crud, you know, we're out of, we're out of money and we still have month. Why don't you have a plan? You know, I mean, Tony and I did Dave Ramsey years ago, financial peace, and it's impacted our marriage for the last 15, is it 15 years now? 14, 15 years? 14 years. 14 years. You know, that's still the way we live our lives. And it has allowed us, not just us to talk about finances, but our kids have such a like over the top grasp of talking about money and that type of, you know, do they still like to spend money? Sure. But they get it and they get that it's okay to talk about finances, which is something that I don't think either one of us had growing up. I didn't. And it's, it's, it's the tough one. It it really is. It, It typically is the elephant in the room when you know, couples want to talk about a specific area. And if you can start slowly getting into it, figuring out one area that you want to work on together, is it, Hey, you know what? We got 10 credit cards, you know, with X, Y, Z amount of debt on them. And that's our goal. Then get on it, you know, work together, figure out how you're going to bust through that together. That team spirit part of this is is almost like having your buddy run that marathon with you. It's that person who's beside you who's going, "Hey, you getting up in the morning? Let, let's make this happen." What do they, What do they call those people when you're? Um, it's like the the supporters that just come in and run like a couple miles. Do you remember and what that's called? Uh, well, unlike ultra ultra marathons, like hundred milers, pacers, pacers, pacers. You'll have the you'll have the guy because most of these guys who are doing a hundred miles will do it in twenty four, twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven hours, and so at the dead of night when you're really just beat down and tired, um, you'll have a pacer come out there and basically they're just in front of you and you're just looking at their feet and you're just moving forward. It's similar to me when I used to do my double centuries. Um, we didn't have pacers. We had other people out there, but I mean, I would get and grasp onto somebody's wheel, say 160 miles in 170 miles in. Um, typically mentally I, I was pretty fried, but I would find a wheel that I could just draft off of for a few miles because it, it was just mind numbing and I didn't have to really think much. I just had to know that I'm, I'm following this wheel and I'm rolling. And then once I got my energy back, as we hit like mile 180, 190, I, I was pretty much done and I knew I could get this thing finished. It was that 150 to 170 was really tough for me sometimes just mentally. So the final, uh, the final intimacy that we want to just talk about is recreational intimacy. And this is what you guys do. And, and I want to be, very clear that you don't have to do everything together as a couple for there to be recreational intimacy in your marriage. Right. However, you do have to do some things together as a couple, right? Like living two separate lives is not called a marriage. That's living two separate lives. So you have to have hobbies that, I mean, you know, you guys hear Tony talk about his cycling all the time. You hear him talk about doing the PCT. I did not walk all 2,658 miles of the PCT and I do not get on a bike with my husband. However, Because those are his hobbies, 
we talk about them. I know what's going on. I know when he's had a bad day. Like, you know, there was a, t- a day on the trail when his feet were all blistered. And I said, I'm not coming to pick you up because you committed to doing this, right? I mean, you know, sometimes there's a little tough love in the intimacy, but it's also, you know, having those joint things. And I will say, I was crying on the side of the road. I was so tired and she did that. But I will say. It's the best it, thing I ever did for you. Uh, well, it, one of that, the best. That tough love got me to the border to Canada and you know, that was only mile 300 that I was in. So see, you know, he had another 2,400 miles, yep. but you know, it's important that you have things that you do together so that you're building these experiences. It's important that you try things that are outside of your comfort zone for both of you so that you feel a little uncomfortable and you can, be, you know, laugh at it. You can have the nervous laughter. You can have the joint stuff. And it's important that you schedule and keep dates together. You know, we talked about scheduling time to talk. We talked about scheduling time to be physically intimate. And and the last thing that matters so much is scheduling time to do things together. Mm -hmm. Don't get so busy with all of your other stuff that you're exhausted and you've got no time or energy. For each other, just the two of you. And it doesn't have to be a sporting event or an athletic endeavor. I mean, it could be honestly going to the beach, going to the lake and just walking. I mean, it, it could just be sitting on a park bench. Sitting on a park bench. It's it's doing those things so that way it is just the two of you. So as we've been talking about all these intimacies, I hope that you see, uh, you know, from this show this week that you know if you're in this marriage marathon, you've got to spend time investing in and nurturing each one of these intimacies. It's not enough to just say, well, we're just going to be focused on our financial intimacy and everything else is going to fall into place. That's like a marathoner saying, I'm only going to have the best shoes and it doesn't matter if I train or eat right or have supporters along the way. You've got to have the whole picture. Some parts of it, you'll need to focus on your emotional and spiritual intimacy. Other times you may have to focus on financial intimacy it'll ebb and flow over the course of your marriage. The important thing is to be aware of all five of those intimacies and to recognize when one of them might be a little out of whack and to say and to listen when that happens, right? If your spouse tells you something's out of whack, don't dismiss them. Don't blow them off. Say, okay, let's sit down and have a conversation and figure out how we get that back on track. Yeah. So this week, go out there. Run the marathon together. Pick one of these, just one, and decide on what you're going to do as you run the marathon of marriage together. Because either you're going to start or you're not, and eventually the end will come. And either A, you're going to just go, man, we took our marriage by the horns and we rode it and we made sure that we lived out every piece of it that we could. Or you're going to come to it and go, well, that's what it was and it was great and whatever. I hope it's the first one. I really do. And I think we both hope it is. So go out there, figure out which form of intimacy you're going to tackle this week. We love you guys. Have a fantastic week and we will catch you next week. Love you guys.